This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast, where we explore all things related to motherhood, from career and relationships to parenting and wellness. Join me, Nina Spears, your baby expert and host, as we dive into topics that matter to mothers, share personal stories and insights, and interview experts and parents who can provide valuable advice and perspectives. Whether you're a first-time mom just starting out or a seasoned pro, we've got you covered. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and let's Chick Chat. Hey guys, welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, your host, and today we have Jenna Hermans here to chat with us. Jenna is living proof that you can create a life of calm within chaos and overwhelm. She uses her bachelor's degree in psychology, master's degree in organizational management, and over 15 years of human resources experience to build strong teams both at work and at home. Jenna co-founded Be Courageous, and she's a busy mom of four, a coach, and an author. As seen in Forbes, The Sun, Elle, Yahoo, and more, Jenna takes on intentional and inclusive approach to help people, especially parents, implement tools that put organization and systems around their busy lives that infuse calm and more joy, helping them to go from chaos to calm, which doubles as the title of her debut book that launched in May, 2023. Today, we are chatting with Jenna about creating more time and less stress and understanding how we as parents can spend more hours appreciating our families and living our lives with intention and joy. Let's dive in and learn more about this important topic. Hi, Jenna. It is so wonderful to have you on our show. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nina. I'm so excited. Yes. Oh my goodness. We got your book. We read it. Oh my goodness. I feel like every parent can totally relate and we learned so many cool tricks and tips from you. And I can't wait to just dive in to this conversation with you and learn all of this stuff. But before we dive in, we always like to get to know our guests a little bit more. So Jenna, can you please tell us about you and your background and how you ended up to where you are today? Absolutely. So I have four children aged six to 16. I became a mom 12 and a half years ago to the three big kids, as we call them, the three bags, who at the time were one, three, and four years old. And then my husband and I together made a person who will be seven in October. Before I was a mother of four children, I got a master's in organizational management a bachelor's in psychology and was in HR doing culture work and supporting teams from the inside of organizations for over 15 years. And then I ran a preschool for over five years. And after becoming a mom, went back into HR again. I also became a high performance coach. And then my husband and I started our business now, which is called Be Courageous. Oh my gosh. So not busy at all. Just all of the things, but yes. <laughs> and that's so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Four kiddos. You definitely, yes, you have learned how to manage the chaos to calm and we need to share all of your fun secrets and obviously talk about your book. But also, how did you become so passionate about helping parents create less stress and more calm in their lives? 
You know, something that showed up to me over time, I did some purpose work a number of years ago, and my personal purpose statement is illuminating possibility, right? Whereas what is it that can be done, right, for others and being able to illuminate that for others around me. And what was so interesting when I went through my own real deep systemic chaos and coming out of that and realizing that this is something that others need, I knew that that fits so much in alignment with my personal purpose of illuminating possibility as so many people, not just parents, but especially parents, feel the sense of overwhelming chaos and it doesn't need to be that way. And it became then my passion and my purpose to share the calm outside of me with everyone who needs it. What parent doesn't need more calmness in their life? Whether you have a newborn or an 18-year-old, probably even a (laughs) 40-year-old, you worry about your children and it can be chaos. I think at any phase, at any stage, there's different forms of chaos. It just shows up differently. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And how have your personal experience shaped the advice you offer to other parents, Jenna? Well, you know what's so fun is that everything that's in the book are things that I have done myself and I continue to do. And in addition to that, right, as I've worked with my coaching clients and what's worked for them, you know, I try to go from a place of understanding someone's values, right? What's important to them. And when someone's coming to my book or coming to me, they're generally coming from a place of, right, complete chaos and overwhelm and overstimulation, feeling so debilitated by all the things completely lost from who they are. And they're looking to do it differently. They know that there's a different way to be able to exist and not just survive, but to thrive in this life, right? With all the kids and all the chaos and their partner and their families and their businesses and work and all of it. And so by getting down to what are your values, right? And understanding what's underneath what you're trying to achieve, then we can navigate what are the things that then are important to you and what to put your energy towards that are going to help build that calm for you individually. Oh gosh, that sounds wonderful. And what are some actionable steps that parents can take? Because I love how you're saying just really understand your values and almost sitting down and figuring out what are the things that are absolute most important to you? What are some actionable steps parents can take to just begin to reduce the stress and chaos in their lives? I'd say beginning at the basics, right? So often we parents put everyone before ourselves, right? We prioritize everyone else's needs before we think about taking care of our own. And so getting back to the things that we make sure that our kids have and our partner has, right? Sleep, eating well, hydrating, getting movement and connection with nature and with other people, doing those things for ourselves, like having that fundamental system in place for ourselves is the place to begin, right? And I actually called this list the brilliant basics. And it is the least sexy list you will ever hear, Nina. It is because it's so basic, right? And to help people to remember this list, I call it CHEER. And that's the acronym C for connection, right? Connection, like I said before, with our kids, what we do, giving them play dates, right? Being able to connect with people outside of our home, connecting with nature, remembering that there's more to life than what's in our screen and under this roof, right? That there's so much more. We're part of something so much bigger. And then the H is hydration, right? 
giving ourselves some water so that we don't wither away like our houseplants that I keep killing. Right? <laughs> it's like I've got ones that are on their way out on this side and that one's just fake because then it won't die. <laughs> I have a brown thumb, not a green one. And I'm trying so hard. I killed so many plants. <laughs> the first E for cheer is for eating well, for taking care of your body, right? Putting nutrition in. I know that we bring snacks for our kids everywhere we go, right? Because we know they're going to get hungry. And when they're hungry, then they get hangry and they don't listen as well. And then they are like just, they're beasts and monsters when they're hungry. And we get the same way, but we are just better at hiding it. So if we are more mindful about making sure that we're taking care of our nourishment, then we can show up better because we have energy that we're putting in so we can give more energy out as well. And then the second E is exercise. So basically don't just eat the scraps that your kids eat because I feel like that's what a lot of moms do. They're like, oh, the leftovers that my kids leave on their plate, that's my lunch. That's my breakfast. (laughs) Oh my gosh, totally. I don't know how many pieces of crust I've eaten and been like, that's my dinner. Yeah, we're all good now. (laughs) I've got my my carbs in for the day through all the different crusts that I've eaten (laughs) and like bits of leftover fruit, right? The little pieces that they're like, no, I don't want that. I already ate my three pieces. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just shuffle those in. No problem. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. I, sorry that I interrupted, but I was like, yeah. So basically you don't need to just keep eating whatever the kids are eating. Cause I feel like so many times parents are like, oh, I'm eating the snacks that my kids were eating the leftover stuff, but actually being intentional and doing the things to take care of you too. Exactly. And I think, and you know, a big part of that is being aware of when you put food in your body, how does it make you feel also? What are the foods that give you energy versus those that take away, right? Because when we're putting the food inside of our bodies that are giving us energy, then we can show up without being lethargic and testy. Because yes, we're putting energy in, but all of our unique individual bodies process food differently. So being able to be aware of what it is that you're putting in and how that affects you, then you have more data and information on, oh, I know if I have nuts, then I can be sustained for longer until dinner time if I do that as my afternoon snack versus a candy bar or something, right? And each individual person knows what's going to give them the best energy for them, but it just takes that awareness, right? And that intentionality of, oh, what is it that I want to have? And when I'm aware of it, then I can repeat that in the future. And that's just great information to know, right? And then the second E is exercise, movement, moving around, getting the juices flowing, the blood moving, right? Getting the natural endorphins and dopamine and serotonin that come from moving the body. We make sure the kids have their sports activities and go to the park and run it out because we know how, oh my gosh, when they're inside the house and have had no movement, that they're turned into caged animals, right? And I think we forget to do the same for ourselves. We need to move. It's so important. We are not sedentary creatures, even though our society is set up in a way to make us be that way. But we can shift that, right? It could be just as simple as going for a two-minute walk, right, in between calls or before doing a meeting or something. I have a hula hoop in my office so that in between calls I can hula hoop, get my energy flowing, get the hip shaking, makes me feel good. (laughs) I love that. 
Right. There's so many ways to do it. And like one thing that has also worked for me and maybe not necessarily just for like, oh, I need to get my movement in. But if energetically I find that I'm in a lower space is I'll put on a song and just have a little dance party with myself, right? Just to get everything flowing. (laughs) Absolutely. We do the same for our kids, trying to get them to get all that energy. And honestly, people think, oh, if I do all this exercise, I'm going to be so tired, but actually it gives you way more energy. And also just doing something that you enjoy, like you said, hula hooping or putting on a fun song, it's going to make you smile a little bit too. Yeah. Who's not going to smile after they've hula hooped? Even if they're a crappy hula hooper, you can't help (laughs) but smile because that you did something silly, you know? And then R, the final letter of cheer is for rest. And that encompasses consistent sleep at night or as much as you can get as a new mom. We all know that that is a hard thing to do, but to try, right? Trying to get that consistent sleep as well as maybe that includes napping, right? Giving yourself moments of rest, whether it's literally lying down and closing your eyes, or it could be just exiting from a situation for a little bit, right? Exiting from being in front of the screen, exiting from being at your desk and just moving somewhere else, closing your eyes and giving your brain a moment to pause and not be firing constantly, right? So giving your mind and your body rest, so important. So important. And I feel like parents, especially moms, after a really long chaotic day, they're like, but this is my me time. So I'm going to stay up till one in the morning, probably scrolling or binge watching whatever I want to watch. But really, and while that's not necessarily a bad thing, maybe that is your self-care every now and then, but it's so good to have that rest too and prioritizing that as well. Yeah. And that's where I'd say the values come into play, right? Like, are you valuing more that you get your sleep so you can show up, you know, more rested? Or do you value having that alone time? And when you know what your core values are, then you can have conviction and say, yep, I'm going to scroll and I'm going to binge because that is my time. And I have conviction in that. I love that. Exactly. You got to do what's right for you. I love it. Oh my goodness. Jenna, sometimes, you know, the chaos feels so overwhelming at times. (laughs) As you know, a mother of four, like it can be a little crazy and it's hard to know where to start. Like, how do you recommend overwhelmed parents take just that first step? You're just saying the cheer acronym, but is there also like with the values or something else on how to start with trying to get their calm? I would say starting, I would say if doing cheer is not where you want to begin, which is where I would recommend beginning, right? Is starting with one of those brilliant basics. Another way to begin, and this is how I began my process from the beginning before I knew about cheer and the brilliant basics was that I made a list of all the biggest stressors that I have every single day. What are the main things that happen every day? And let me just write them all out. And firstly, wow, that was cathartic in of itself being like, I manage so much. Oh my God, I am a superwoman. <laughs> you are. All these yes. things. <laughs> all of us moms, all of us parents, we are super women and we are humans. We are not immortal like superwoman or superman or whatever supers that we want to be. We are mortal and we do need to treat ourselves as such so that we don't burn out and overwhelm and all the things and all the reasons why people come to us for support through their chaos. But the way to begin writing that list and then looking at that list, right? And seeing if I did this one thing, 
how much would it relieve my stress of the day or the pressure of the day? And what things could then cascade and make a ripple effect for maybe some of the other things? And so, for example, where I started was with meals. Dinner every night was the bane of my day. It's like at 4.30 every day, it's a surprise. It's a shock. Oh my God, I have to make dinner again. I have to look at what we have and get creative on what to pull together to make a well-rounded meal. Holy crap. Every single day without fail, it would come as a surprise and then be such a stress. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to meal plan. One day a week, come up with all the meals that we're going to have, grocery shop against those meals, and then come 4.30, I know exactly what I'm making, and I have all the food ready here, ready to make. And that was a game changer, an absolute game changer to take that hours worth of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and cortisol running through my veins every single day. And instead having 30 or less minutes, honestly, it was more like 10 minutes once a week to say, what does everyone want to have this week? Tell me what your desires are for dinner. I'll write them down. We may or may not have them, but give me your input. Here's the plan for the week. I'm going to grocery shop against it or do my Instacart. And the end. 4.30 every day? Ah, no big deal. I'm going to make dinner now. It's all good. And for our listeners, I think that maybe some people are like, oh, that's pretty like, well, yeah, meal plan. But I really love that you set an intention of, okay, this is what's causing me stress. So I am going to do something about it. Just taking that time aside. And I really love how you incorporated the whole family into it by asking them, hey, what would you like to have? Rather than it's just 100% all on you, it's asking the whole family, bringing them into it and saying, what should we have for dinner? And that just makes it, I think, a little bit more joyful and then so much less stressful for you at the end of the day of what you're going to be making. So setting that intention and following through with that and bringing in the whole family, I think is such a cool way to go about that. Thank you for saying that, Nina, because what I really appreciate is that with especially four children, right? Like, and not everyone likes the same food. Not everyone wants to eat the same things. So everyone knows that there's going to be at least one meal during the week that they've had some influence over that they're going to have something during the week that they enjoy. And so it's not just every day, oh, you know, this meal again, this thing I hate that you made last week and the week before, right? It's like, oh, well, tomorrow you said you wanted mac and cheese. Perfect. We've got mac and cheese lined up for you tomorrow. And your brother said he wanted hot dogs. So that's what we're having tonight. And someone else said they wanted lasagna. We're having that another night. But everyone's desires and thoughts and wishes are accounted for. And that makes for a calmer household. It's not just me being calm, but it's them being calm too, that they feel like they're being heard and they're a part of this family and this team, right? That everyone has a contributing space to this environment that we live in. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I think for the kids who are like, oh, I don't want to eat this or that, or I think that that's when we should try and invite them in the kitchen with us and say, well, help me make this meal. I know you don't really like it, but let's see. I want to show you how it's made and see what you think about it. If there's a special ingredient we should add, because more than likely, if they help make it, they're going to be a lot more interested in eating it too. And they might make it even better with their special ingredients or something. 
everything. So that's something that I've learned. I'm like, oh, my kids hate this. But if I have them, hey, can you help me do this or cut this or flip that? They're a little bit more excited for mealtime. So, but my kids are younger. So maybe that works on the little ones. The older ones are like, yeah, right, mom. I'm not into it. But at least that's something that helps for the little guys. Absolutely. Well, what's fun with having teenagers in the house is that they ask, like, can I just make dinner tonight? And I'm like, heck yeah, you can make dinner. Go for it, you know? And we'll build that into the meal plan. We're like, my 15 year old, she makes these Asian inspired noodles with rice vinegar and whatnot. And she goes, Oh, I want to make that this week. I'm like, cool, Thursday, yours, go for it, you know? Like, it's it's a beautiful thing. I want that. Sign me up for that right there, Jenna. Yes. I need to figure out how I can get my kids to get on that when they get old (laughs) enough. Oh my gosh. And Jenna, I've heard you speak about like owning your calm. And I really love that. But can you elaborate on this idea for me, owning your calm? Yeah. Thank you for asking that, Nina, because I was very intentional with choosing the word owning your calm versus creating your calm or, you know, whatever other language that there could be. Because I believe that the calm that we each have is ours to own, right? That we can influence it. And even when we become disconnected from it, then we can rebuild that relationship, with it. And it's something for us to always be able to come back to and adapt with as our family dynamics shift. So does what we need to do to own our calm and to make it our own, because there's the concept of being able, sure, you can create calm for yourself, but then what happens when chaos hits again? You have to keep creating, creating, creating. No, if you own it, you respect it. You have a relationship with it and you're more willing to adapt and trial and error and all the things to make it yours. Oh, that is so powerful. I love that. Oh my gosh. And Jenna, like what habits are most important when trying to reduce the chaos? So we're owning it. We're not just creating the calm, we're owning it. But when trying to reduce the chaos of our daily lives, which habits are most important to create that calm, to increase that calm, not create, to own our calm, increase the calm? (laughs) Which are the habits you think? This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. create and nurture it and keep it going. I'd say one, again, starting with the basics, how do you create habits around, right? Eating well, around hydrating yourself, sleeping, resting, right? Those are great places to start. And then to go beyond that, I would invite the listeners to do a habit inventory, right? To be intentional about noticing, oh, at this moment of the day, I tend to do this without even thinking about it, right? Like when you notice that you're on your phone scrolling, right, at 1.30 in the afternoon or 11.30 at night, that what was going on right before that, that led to the moment where you felt like you wanted to scroll? And I guess follow-up question, did that make you feel good coming out of that experience? Or is that something that you'd rather not be doing? Is that adding or detracting from your calm? 
And so looking at these different habits that we have during the day and noticing, huh, does that help me? And does that benefit me during the day? Or is that something that when I'm finished with it, or I notice I'm in it, that it's not serving me. And I'd rather replace that with something else or ditch it all together. And that's different for every person. And that goes back to the values we had talked about before and the intentionality of what you want your days to look like and what you want to be doing with your time and with your energy. So I'd say... Where does someone start? By going into your day with eyes wide open and noticing, you know, like an investigator almost, like going throughout your day and being like, oh, how, why did I do this? And, and why did I do that? And hmm, how did that feel when I was in it and coming out of it? And really, like, it sounds really silly, but when it only takes a short time, right? One day, let's say, of being so intentional of looking at your day as an investigator and then you come out of that with so much information and data to influence how you want things to be different or things to be the same. Yeah. That's a really great idea to just kind of pay attention to certain parts of your day, almost like log your day, what you did throughout that day. And what were the parts that were serving you that were productive? Maybe it's your job, whatever you need to do, but other things that were for you, did it really serve you? So that is such a cool and helpful tip. And I know that you've said that communication is important. How can communication and what communication tips can help busy parents own their calm? So communication, the way that I see it, is a two-way street. It is how do you effectively right, say the words that come out of you to get the help and support that you need to own your calm? And then also, how are you listening to those around you so that you can build rapport and trust? And therefore, when it's time for you to share what you need to say, that you have a good relationship foundation between you to be able to share what you need and feel heard and supported, right? And so by active listening, right, there's ways of making eye contact with somebody by putting your phone away or turning it on silent or saying, I'm going to leave my phone over here so that I can be present for you and sharing, okay, but my kids are at school, so I'm not going to turn it off because if the school needs to call me, cool, right? I want to be available. But also paraphrasing back what you've heard. And so that's the person can say, yes, you understand me and what I'm saying, or no, actually, like, this is what I meant to say. And it's like, oh, okay. And there's so many different ways to show someone that you're listening to them. And when someone else is feeling heard and understood by you, they are more willing to listen to you also. And to follow through when you say that you need help and support or whatever it is, right? That they're going to hear you back. And then you're also role modeling, right? What good listening looks like, what good effective communication looks like. And that's for your colleagues, your partner, your kids, your in-laws, everyone. That's so true. That's so true. And a great tip. And that's our community. You know, that's the people that are around us. And I feel like, you know, community is so important for parents. And I'm curious, Jenna, for you, like, what role does community play in helping parents feel less overwhelmed? And how can parents find their community when they may not have one already? 
Yeah. When we moved to San Francisco from Los Angeles, after we got married and before we had the fourth child, we left our entire built-in community behind of friends, of family, of everyone that I knew I had grown up with that was still in Los Angeles. And for my husband coming from South Africa, he didn't have his family down there, but he had been there for so many years and had created his own community as well. And so leaving all of these humans to start someplace new, it really came to light the importance of having people around who love and care about your family and are there to support you and your goals and to nurture your family, that you're there for each other. And so it really became apparent during that time that this is a core pillar of calm, especially for parents, because as you know, intimately, right, and your listeners, that parenting is such an isolating experience it is so lonely so often, right? When you're at home with especially a newborn and maybe you've never had one before, right? As a new parent, that all these firsts and you feel so alone trying to do these things that you've never done before that obviously generations and, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of years we've been doing this, but as a first timer, this is the hardest thing that we've ever had to do. And you're doing it with hormones all over the place and your body is wrecked and trying to survive, right? On with no sleep, having people around you that care, that show up, that you can talk to, that know what you need or don't know what you need, but are going to ask you, how can I support you? Right. It is so important to have those kinds of people around. And in the book, I share that there's a way to look at your community, right? Write down who are all the people that you talk to on a regular basis, or the people that fill your cup that you maybe don't talk to as frequently, and assess, right? Who are those in your world that really give you energy, that support what you and your family are trying to do, and that you feel like have got your back and you have theirs as well? And if there are people in your world that you know who are, you know, to use the word toxic or energy leechers and energy vampires, how do you also then give yourself distance from those individuals as well? Because they're not adding to your calm. And the importance of the intentionality of choosing who you exchange your energy with and who you bring into your home and who you share your time with because our time and energy as busy moms is limited and we don't need to squander it on people that are leeching on to us who need more than we are capable of giving. Absolutely. And I think just it's a dance. There might be times when you take the lead in that dance because they're maybe really busy or going through a lot of stuff. And if that relationship's important, but then because it's a real relationship, you should also see that friendship or family member coming to you when they realize, oh, she's struggling. She needs some help and being there for each other. If you're recognizing that you're not feeling 
that same partnership, that mutual respect and being there for one another, then yeah, I think it's time to reevaluate because you're so right. Uh, Is this person toxic in my life? Am I growing as a person? Am I feeling uplifted and better after talking to them? Am I all of these things and being there for one another is just a big sign. So yeah, I love that. And yes, I remember that in your book. So I know that community is so important. And I think it's important that for a lot of women out there, they don't feel like they have the community. So letting them know that it's important to seek it out. It's okay to seek it out. Try and find it through. I mean, you can start as simple as like going to your mom groups that are local or La Leche League or talking to your doctor or the pediatrician if there's anything local that you can go to. I think you have to start somewhere if you're feeling new and not sure where to go to be able to make those connections and build your new community. Absolutely. And in so many places, right, they'll have at the library, you know, they'll have like a mommy and me time or story time for youngsters. And those are free resources that are available to everyone that you can go to to meet people who are in the same boat as you, or at least with kids around the same age. And it's a great place just to get started, right? Because as soon as you begin, the doors open and you start learning about other groups and other gatherings and other ways to connect with people who share the same interests or have kids the same age or whatever it is. I love that. Oh my goodness. Something else that we have heard you talk about, Jenna, is self-care. And that's something that we touch on a lot. And I know that everyone's definition of self-care can be a little different. So I want to talk to you about it. Like I said, you talk about self-care as an important part of creating and owning your calm. And I feel like it's a buzzword right now, but it can often feel unachievable for some busy parents. How do you suggest parents start to create for themselves this concept, if it's foreign to them, this self-care in their lives? Yeah. So going back to those brilliant basics that we had talked about earlier, those five things are all forms of self-care. I know it sounds, again, it is so unsexy, right? It's like sleeping is your self-care, but it truly is at your foundational core. That is self-care. That is caring for the self. And it doesn't mean that you need to go and have a self-care Sunday. You need to go all the way to a spa and spend hundreds of dollars getting a massage and a facial and your nails done because those things are great. Absolutely. But when it comes to sustainable self-nurture, that's not what's going to get you there, right? Your nails might look great for a few days or even a couple weeks, but it is still on the surface, right? That is surface self-care. And so by getting a better understanding of what are the things that give you energy and the things that lift you up and bringing that into your life in more bite-sized ways, like a dance party, putting on a jam that, you know, makes you feel good, some Lizzo or something and dancing it out for two and a half minutes. That is self-care. Whatever gives you energy so that you can fill your cup and then be able to pour out for everyone else. That is what I believe to be self-care, not the buzz of like, this skincare ritual should be a foundation of your self-care. And I'm like, Yes, taking care of my skin is important to me. So that is a part of my ritual and my self-care, but that is not what self-care is, right? At its core, it is still on the surface and it's not something that's going to fill your cup so that you can then keep pouring it out, right? Because that's what we need to do as parents is be able to have something to pour from. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now I need to know, like, what is your favorite form of self-care? Oh my gosh, sleep. I love sleep so much. <laughs> and then, I mean, another thing that I do that really fills me up, and this is, sounds so silly, but this is my jam, is as I'm folding laundry, I also watch a show that I'm into. And that fills me up so much. I'm being productive and I'm multitasking, which is not great to always multitask. But when it's, you know, doing something mindless, like folding laundry and listening to a podcast or whatever, I'm like, that makes me feel great. And that fills my cup. I come out of the laundry experience, this empty, you know, container And I feel great. (laughs) So I'm ready to go and play Scrabble or make dinner or whatever it is after that moment. So I love it. What's yours, Nina? Oh my God, you're asking me? You're so kind. No one asked me these questions. (laughs) My favorite form of self-care definitely is sleep. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel like a lot of moms kind of feel that way. Another form of self-care, good food. Oh, I'm a foodie. I really love like a good meal. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to wait till the kids go to bed. I'm going to make myself a little this, a little that. So yeah, the way to win my heart is through my belly and a good night's sleep for sure. (laughs) Brilliant. I love it. (laughs) And now as a mom yourself, Jenna, like what is one of your like go-to mom hacks? Oof, mom hacks. That is a brilliant question. One of the things that I like to do is to not put off to tomorrow what I can do right now, right? And to embrace the today, whether that's something that's super tedious or something that's really meaningful, right? If it's something I have to do and I'm like sitting here, I did this even last night. I was like, I have to get through a whole bunch of emails. I'm so tired, but I'm just... I can do this right now because tomorrow when I have more energy, I don't want to be using that prime time to be answering emails. So I'm going to take care of that right now. I'm going to get through it. And then afterwards, I can also be present for whatever it is that is showing up, right? And what I ended up playing blackjack with my kids last night after my emails and to embrace that moment, right? Of like, I can be here with them now and I can put the laptop away because I did those emails. And let's say hypothetically, they even came in while I was doing emails. Hey, you want to play blackjack? I would have been like, heck yeah, slam, blackjack time. Because those moments are fleeting also. (laughs) Love it. Exactly. Absolutely. Got to embrace. Of course. Of course. Okay, Jenna, now we're going to do some rapid fire fun questions with you. We just did these with Ashley Green last week. And so now we want to know your answers. Okay, so here we go. You got to answer like, which is better and which are you? Okay, salty or sweet? Salty. Beach or mountains? Oh, man. Beach, because that's what my gut just said. (laughs) Go with the gut, always. Books or movies? Books. Pregnancy or postpartum? Pregnancy. Oh, I loved being pregnant. Oh, you're one of those unicorns. You're wonderful. Okay. Um, Texting or talking? (laughs) Oh my God. Talking. I'm old school, I guess, right? Millennial that, or elder (laughs) millennial that I appreciate having a good solid phone call over texting. I love it. I love it. Favorite day of the week? Friday. Friday by far. I love, yeah, right? Like wrapping up the day 
and wrapping up the week, being able to, again, slam the laptop closed and be like, done. And <laughs> Friday is also the one day a week that the family, in addition that we have dinner together every night, but we make sure that Fridays for sure we have dinner together and we invite guests over as well. And we make it a whole thing. We celebrate Shabbat and we bring other families in or friends or new people, old people, whatever it is. We do sushi Shabbat where everyone can roll their own sushis at home. And it's just, it's the best. I love Friday. Jenna, that sounds awesome and so much fun. Ah, I love it. I love it. Okay. Favorite season. Fall. Oh, fall. The transition from the hot and sticky, which is not my jam. Like put me in cold weather before hot any day of the week. Oh my God. I'd rather be bundled than sweaty and uncomfortable. But I love fall. (laughs) We've got Halloween and fires and sweaters and boots. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Then tea or coffee? Tea. Huge tea fan. Oh my gosh. I used to be a coffee addict, but now it's, yeah, me and my tea. Well, I was going to ask you LA or New York, but now I'm going to ask you LA or San Francisco. Ooh, it's got to be San Francisco. I'm here. I'm loving it. And it's, I love LA. My heart, so much of my heart lives in Los Angeles because that's where I'm from and my family and my friends growing up and a lot of people I love are there. And I love the diversity and the culture and just there's so much there that I appreciate. But the energy in the Bay Area is just awesome. Love it up here. That's so cool. Okay, last question. Morning person or night owl? Or I should say morning bird or night owl? Morning. I, yeah, morning. As much as I used to in my 20s be up all night, being a little party girl, doing my thing, no hangovers the next day because, you know, I'm in my 20s having a great time. I would so rather wake up early and go for a hike than stay up late doing, I don't even know what, what would I do at this point? (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like, why would I stay up late when my kids are just going to get me up? Like, that sounds terrible. (laughs) I'm going to be so tired. Again, my love language, sleep. So I get it. Okay, Jenna, now- We have to wake up early anyway. Exactly, exactly. What resources would you recommend for parents who are feeling just overwhelmed by the chaos of their lives? Well, I would definitely recommend Chaos to Calm as a book to read, as a great resource. And I'd say reaching out to people who've been there, right? Talking to your friends, talking to your family. It's so important to feel like you belong somewhere and that you are a part of something like we talked about earlier, right? Bigger than yourself. And when you connect with others who have had shared experiences, it can make the heaviness feel lighter. That's so true. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that. And do you have any just final thoughts or tips you'd like to leave our audience with? Oh, I'd just like to tell your audience that these moments are temporary, right? All the chaos and the overwhelm and the crazy, it's all temporary. And that everything that you want to achieve, you can, it is possible, whether it's to own your calm or to play an instrument or start a new business that you can, but start small, do it with intention and you can reach whatever goal it is that you're trying to get to. Thank you so much for that, Jenna. Where can our listeners find you? 
can find me on my website, jennahermans.com. I have a newsletter that goes out twice a week that includes my blog and other things that I have going on, like workshops and speaking engagements. I am also on Instagram. You can follow me there, Jenna Z. Hermans, and Medium I write for as well. Busy mama over here. You heard it. Oh my gosh. Jenna, this was just so much fun. Thank you for your time and for sharing this really important information with all of us. We really, truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Nina, for having me. It was such an honor and a pleasure. Absolutely. And Jenna, when you told me before we were recording, you were like, oh, I used to go to Baby Chick. We're just so glad that you are now on this side of being able to talk to us and that we were hopefully helpful for you when you were expecting your little one now seven years old. I can't believe it. I know the time goes so fast. I can't believe it that I so appreciated baby chick when I was pregnant and postpartum to help me with my son. And now to be able to come back and help other parents just fills me with so much joy. And you're doing exactly that. And we're just honored to have you a part of our story and to have you on our show. So thank you so very much. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Jenna, as she said, you can find her online at jennahermans.com or on Instagram at Jenna Z Hermans. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to less chaos and more calm. 